Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to Oma Unplugged podcast, where we will be interviewing some amazing Muslim leaders who are pushing the Oma forward. But I wanted to start out going all the way back and telling you guys how we even got here. So my name is Sharima Sharif. I'm the owner of the Oma Shop a curated department store featuring dope Muslim brands located in King of Prussia Mall. You might have known me, you might have heard about the store, but I haven't told my story in a very long time. So I wanted to open up the podcast by telling you guys how I even got here because in this podcast, I'll be interviewing some amazing people and we're going to hear their stories, how success is not an overnight thing, how they got to the point where they, they are, how they got to success and are growing in their success. So I wanted to start out by talking about myself. First, I'm going to say that this is so not in my normal nature to do, but I'm here. I'm excited to be here. I have a passion for the Ummah shop, what it stands for, and for the Ummah. So rewind all the way back. Uh, when I was, I was born and raised Muslim. My parents converted to Islam in the 80s in Philly. Um, I was born and raised Muslim. I went to Islamic school from elementary, middle, high school. Um, shout out to everybody who went to Direct Connection on 52nd Street, who went to Al-Aqsa Islamic Academy. We, it was a good time. So I was born and raised Muslim in a Muslim family. Um, had a great great childhood. One, one amazing thing I think about being born and raised Muslim in Islamic schools and in Islamic communities, especially in Philly where there was so many Muslims, we looked out for each other. These, the people that I grew up with are like family today. So my parents always kept us consciously around Muslims and around the community and kept us involved in different activities and I always been surrounded by my people right so I didn't realize how much that would affect what I do today so I went to college I went to Temple TU um, majored in accounting and international business um, I thought I was going to be an accountant. My mom's a CPA, and I went to, to business school. Now, from childhood through college, I knew I wanted to own a business. I knew there was something in me that was entrepreneurial. I had no idea what it would be. If you've known me for a long time, I'm very laid back. I'm you know, introverted. So I never thought that it would be something where I'm doing th things like a podcast, 
but I knew I loved business. I would watch business shows. I would uh, read. I would read Black Enterprise when I was in high school and in college. I would watch Shark Tank and all those things and just be so excited about people's business ideas and how people made money and how people became successful. Um, so I knew I wanted to go into business, but I really, accounting was a safe bet. I knew I could get a job in accounting. I've always liked math, et cetera. So I'm in college and um, Temple's a very diverse school for all y'all that know. And I joined the MSA. And I joined the MSA full transparency as one of the only black Muslims in the MSA. But I joined the MSA and wanted to run for the board. Now, in a place like college, you could go in a bunch of different directions. So I joined the MSA, um, was on the board of the MSA. And joining the MSA made me realize I like being around Muslims. Now, for anybody that was born and raised Muslim, I feel like you get to a point where you like have been restricted from all these things, all these lifestyle things, all these things you might see on TV, you might see non-Muslims do. And at some point you're like, oh, like, what would it feel like if I did this? What would it feel like if I, you know, rebelled a little bit? Or, you know, even some, some of us hide our Islam, some of us, you know, just dip, dip and dab into doing you, right? No judgment here. But I started to be like, you know what? I like, I want to be around Muslim. That's where I feel comfortable. And I, I do believe I owe that to my parents putting me in Islamic school. But I feel comfortable around my people and around Muslims. So I was the um, community service chair of the MSA on the board. And it was, it was so amazing and, and dope to, that, that was the only position I even went out. That's the only position I wanted because I realized that I like to help people. It's, it's been a big part of uh, my upbringing to give back. My parents are very uh, charitable, alhamdulillah. And it's always been in me to, to help people, to nurture people, to, to be there for others in a sense. But in, in, in that time, I had no idea. I was just doing what felt natural to me, right? So go to college, accounting, international business, graduate, do accounting for a while, um, get married, have kids, the whole bit. And I, oh, I, this business thing stuck with me. So I said, well, I'm going to do accounting and use that to be my business. I'm going to do an accounting business. I'm going to help, help people who don't like accounting, who don't know anything about accounting. Um, I, I worked a lot in nonprofit and schools. I worked in education for a, a very long time. And I love that. I didn't like corporate accounting. 
for the birds. But the the notion of helping an organization, helping um, kids further their education, that felt great to me. So I said, well, fast forward a little bit. In 2016, I started my first business, my first official business called DNR Management. It was a accounting business to help small businesses and nonprofits. I did this while I was still working full time. I had two kids, I was doing a lot. And I just decided to start this business after a lot of back and forth on can I do this? Can I, am, am I too introverted to start a business? Is it possible for me to, to do this business while I'm working full time and have kids? And how can I make this work? And I was scared, to be honest. So for anybody who uh, thinks they want to start a business, and it's, it, fear is a part of the game. So just embrace the fear. It's there. So I started the business. And I said, well, I'm going to start this and use it as a way to transition out of my full-time job. Now, you got to do a lot of work in your business to transition out of your full-time job. So I started, you got to start somewhere. I started, had a few little clients, was dipping and dabbing and got a lot of support because a lot of people knew me as an accountant. And I had a lot of connects and et cetera. I couldn't handle the demand that I received because I'm still working full time, I still had my family. And long story short, I ended up getting hired full time by a client that I, I wanted to be, a, I pitched out to be a client. They hired me full time and I'm stuck back in the the, the full-time job thing, right? So in this process of me learning how to run a business, me gaining more knowledge on how to market, how to do social media, while enhancing my skills, networking, all that kind of stuff. The next year, in 2017, at this point, in t this particular point in time in my life, we were living in Atlanta. Shout out to Atlanta. Atlanta, if I was not in Atlanta, I probably wouldn't be an entrepreneur today. Atlanta's very entrepreneurial. They're very supportive. There's a lot of amazing people doing amazing things in Atlanta. And they pushed me and supported me in the beginning of my journey. So 2017, we fly home to Philly for E. And I come home, full family, we're doing the whole E thing. It's two days before E. And I'm like, I don't have anything to wear. I don't have anything for my kids to wear. We're having an E family party and we need things, we need gifts, we need decorations, all this stuff. And I said, well, 
why in Philadelphia can't you find a store that I could just go to two days before eat, the day before eat, and get all my stuff? Back during this time, a lot of people got their stuff custom made for eat, um, or people ordered online, but there was not a store besides, you know, the, the Islamic place and, um, you know, the, the, a lot of stores on 52nd Street that we kind of grew up with. That, that, those were our only options in 2017. So I said, well, there's hundreds of thousands of Muslims in Philadelphia. Why can't I go to a store and find this stuff? Meanwhile, you can find it all online. It was on Instagram. There's all these modest fashion brands. There's all these Ramadan and E decoration companies. There's, you know, all these new ways for, for people to express the Islamic lifestyle through clothing, through accessories, through games. All these products are emerging, but I can only get them online. So that seed was planted 2017. Somewhere in this process, I say, I want to open up a store. How, why, I don't know. But I needed a store in that time. And I was like, this just makes good business sense. Like, it, it just makes sense. Why, why do, doesn't a store exist? So I go back to Atlanta. I'm still working my accounting job, business still trying to learn, I'm, I'm taking courses, I'm reading books, I'm on webinars, podcasts, and networking events, trying to figure this business thing out. Because something in me said, I'm gonna own a business. I didn't know if it was gonna be this accounting business, the store, but something in me said I'm gonna start a business. I also wanna preference that, and I'm a little all over the place, but Y'all with me. My parents are entrepreneurs as well. So I was raised in an entrepreneur environment. So I do believe that that contributed to the mindset of, I know this is doable and I know this is possible. I just don't know what it's gonna look like for me yet. So when I was going through all these this journey of like learning what entrepreneur life was about. There was a lot of talk about your passion, following your passion and what you're good at and make, make your, your passion make, make money for you. And, and if you do something you love, you don't have to work a day in your life and all these things. And I just used to think like, do I have a passion? Do I? have something that I'm super good at that nobody else can do. Or, because when you think of passion, you think of, you know, things like basketball, music, um, writing, like things that are a little more like creative, maybe skill-based. And I was like, man, I don't, have, I don't have that thing where it's like I've been playing piano since I was five and now I'm an adult and I just want to play piano for the rest. Like, I didn't have that. So I used to think, like, what, what am I good at? Okay, I'm good at accounting. 
okay, I enjoy doing that. But is that it? Like, but I really love business. Like, I really love the idea to take the, taking the idea and bringing it to a full-fledged business. I just didn't have an idea, so I thought. So I start digging into myself of what are you, what are you passionate about? And I heard somebody say, what would, if you weren't doing, if you had none of these responsibilities, if you weren't a mom, if you weren't a wife, if you didn't have to work, if you just had free time, what would you be doing? And it took me back to the MSA. It took me back to, all right, what was I doing when I was, when I just had free time? And that, and that, I didn't even have free time in college, but I made, I used my free time to do that. I said, well, I love my people. I love being Muslim. I want the generation coming up under me to have something different than I had. They had, the generation com coming up under us, they have hijab tutorials, they have, you know, however you feel about these Muslim influencers, they have think people that they can look up to in different areas that are Muslim. And they could say, oh, such and such is a Muslim activist, such and such is a Muslim politician, is a Muslim entertainer, is a Muslim comedian, is a Muslim model, they have people that they can look up to. And I said, man, it's something there. It's something there that, that I could use that I'm passionate about. So while I'm still doing accounting, I start this Instagram page in 2017 called Muslim Girl Magic. And it was a playoff of, this was around the time Black Girl Magic started, uh, Simone Biles and, um, or all the Olympics around that time. And I was just like, I'm gonna start one of these pages that celebrates Muslim women. Because we, as we were doing a lot of amazing stuff that around that time when like Ibtihaj Muhammad was about to complete in the Olympics, when um, a lot of these hijab companies really started popping off when hijabis were in major ads where we had never, I'd never seen things like this before. So I said, I'm going to start this page called Muslim Girl Magic. We just want to celebrate the dopeness that Muslim women are. So I start this page, but I knew this is going to be a prelude to the business, but I didn't know how. But I'm like, this is going, this is going to lead into something. Assalamualaikum. Welcome to the Umma Shop, the first curated department store for Muslim-owned brands. We've carried over 150 Muslim-owned brands since opening in April 2021, and we're located in the King of Prussia Mall, and you can shop online at www.theummashop.com. You'll find clothes for men, women, kids, books, wellness products, accessories, hijabs, 
everything that you could think of, catering to our Islamic lifestyle, we have. Come shop with us. I can't wait to see you at the Uma shop. Assalamualaikum. Store idea is still in my head. At this time, it's full dream. It's so far away, I can't even reach it. But I'm like, I'm gonna start right here. 2017, I start that. Start putting stuff out, start putting stuff out. I was so into the celebration of Muslim women. I also admired a lot of Muslim women businesses. Shout out to Hot Hijab, shout out to Verona, shout out to Vela. Um, like, they were early and it was just like, man, these sisters are dope. So, you, I started celebrating Muslim women and then around Ramadan, I said, it was Ramadan, I think 2018, goodness gracious. I start a subscription box called the Muslima box. Now, this is around FabFitFun time, the subscription box that you don't know what's gonna be in it. We gonna rock out with a full subscription box for Muslim women. And I wanted to have it was four to six products um, for Muslim-owned businesses with a theme. And I was like, I'm gonna start this, this subscription box business. Sent, uh, do, I did a launch good campaign for it. Shout out to everybody that's been rocking with the Muslima box because y'all have been, we have customers all over. But, and I still do it today. I still have some in the store. So. The Muslima box started, I did it for Ramadan. The first box had um, a Quran, a Ramadan Mubarak banner from Days of Eid, chocolate covered dates, a Ramadan calendar, and something else, don't quote me but that's what it had in it. Packaged up all nice and pretty, and we sent those out. Mind you, I'm still working full-time and doing all this stuff that I'm doing. So, the Muslima box starts. In this time period, I'm also like, cool, I'm gonna do the subscription box, then I'm gonna use that to hopefully, I'm gonna do the subscription box thing for a while. That can hopefully lead me into a store. And I'm saying all this to say, no success is just something that you just wake up and get. So it takes this long to get to where we are now. 2017, 2016, I wouldn't be able to do what I do now if I didn't start then. So if you have something like it doesn't, it takes this journey to get there. So we're at Muslima Box 2018, right? So I'm doing this. By this time, it was a lot of me working full time, kids. We eventually moved back to, to Philadelphia area from Atlanta. 
and I did the Muslima box for a few months and stopped. Why? One, it was more, I did it more out of a passion project and a hobby than a business, which is cool because it's out there, it's good, but when you frame something as a business, it has to be framed differently. So I had good intentions, I'm doing it, but I stopped because I didn't put enough money into marketing. I couldn't get the, the volume discounts when you're buying all these products. I couldn't get the volume discounts that would make the pricing of it make sense. I just didn't have it all together. I was just doing it out of like, oh, I think this is a good idea. So I just paused it and I was just like, oh, like I'll come back to it eventually. And then I did, I did the box every Ramadan after that. So Ramadan is around the time where it would start to click to me. Like I had something in me that I felt like I need to do something for my people. I need to, to I, I, it got me in that, that holiday mood. Like I need to do something for my people, right? So, but during the course of the year, I'm just working full time, I'm living my life, kids, all that. In this, but in the course of that, still didn't give up on the idea. The idea kept recurring. So in this period of time, I'm, I'm still going to, and I, I said that I did an interview yesterday, and I said, I had nothing going on in the business. The business was at a full standstill. But I would go to, I would go to conventions. I would go to bazaar events. I would research businesses that I would want to have in the store, and I would go to events and I'd be like, "Assalamualaikum, my name is Sharima. I'm going to start this store that's going to have all these brands in it, and I do this box. Hadn't done a box in six months. I was still showing up like it was still an active thing because." Something in me was just like, the idea can't die just because you're not working on it. <laughs> like, the, the idea can't die because you don't have time to do it, you don't have the, the money to invest in it, but you still have to keep, like, it, it kept recurring. Like, I would have visions of what I wanted it to be. Like, I would have visions of working with certain people or just being like, wow, their products are so dope. But when I have a store, I'm going to put them here and I'm going to do, this is how I'm going to work it. Never give up on your dreams and your visions. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. So that's 2018, 2019, I do a Ramadan box. 2020 comes around. 2020. I say, you know what? I'm not going to keep doing this box. I'm going to take it up a notch for Ramadan. I had this idea, this store idea. I kept doing all this research. I keep talking to people about that I'm going to have a store. Let's do something different. So during this time, I'm still Muslim Girl Magic. I'm still Muslima Box. That's still the brand. 
I said, well, let's, what do I want this store to, to be called? What do I want this store to look like? Let me introduce the branding of the store. The store is still such a big dream. I can't fathom that it's, it could even happen anytime soon. So early 2020, I'm like, let's do an event. Let's do a pop-up shop where you have all of these dope brands in one space. I kind of was inspired to do that by going to um, like the, the ICNA conventions, the ISNA conventions, because I would see, man, people come from all over the country Yes, for the lectures and for the knowledge, but I would see how the bazaar was such a focal point, how it grew so many businesses, how people would come there for their once a year shopping. And I said, well, if you get all of these brands in one space, people are going to come because they want to see, they want to shop. And Philly has some dope stuff. like. We're like the flyest, y'all know. So I said, I wanna do an event. I wanna do a, a, a bazaar style pop-up shop for E. This is early, 20, this is January 2020, so follow me. We're gonna do, oh, let's do food trucks. Let's do bouncy houses outside. Let's do an entertainment portion. And we're gonna have pop-ups over here. We're gonna have henna. We're gonna have, we, it's family just fun is gonna be bomb. January 2020, fast I'm planning all this, January 2020. Mark, the, the, the event was supposed to be April 11th, 2020. April 11th. March 2020 comes around and the world shuts down. Panorama, the world shuts down. This event I worked so hard on, I done put money up towards, I done asked everybody and their mama did they want to vend. I was on one, cause this is a buildup from 2017, 2016. So it was 2020 and I'm like, we finally here, and I come up with, I, let me tell y'all, quick, quick side note. I, I was trying to come up with a name for, the, for this new brand, this store. And I said, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna come up with some nice word that means, that sounds nice and is, this has a, a, a meaning, an Arabic word that has a great meaning. Like, let's go with, you know, I came up with all, all these things that were synonyms for other things and, oh, let me look it up, see if such, such and such has it. And I woke up one day and I said, the Uma shop. And I asked a few people and they were just like, yeah, that's, that's cool. I said, the Uma shop, it just, it makes sense. It, it's, it describes what's going on. It makes sense, it's simple. I've been overthinking this name forever. Let me just do the Uma shop. Made a flyer for it. 
made a logo. The logo you see today, this logo, I did in Canva. I am an accountant. I do not do graphic design. I do not play around with a bunch of Photoshops and all that. I did this in Canva. It's one font. I did it. I've been running with it ever since. So don't overthink things like that. Back to the event. So, so the event was supposed to be April 11th, 2020. World shuts down and I was crushed. Like, I gotta cancel this event. Nobody's going outside. Everybody's quarantining, nothing's open. If I can't have this event now, do I, did I just lose the money? Uh, is it ever gonna happen? It just puts everything at a standstill. Everybody's scared to do anything. So, fast forward a little bit. The world starts to open up a little, but people are, it's a pandemic. We're still scared, we're still, schools are shut down, nobody could go to work. It happens, July 31st, 2020, Eid al-Aha. Now, y'all know the second Eid, it, not a lot of big events go on on, on, on the second Eid. Y'all really treat it like a stepchild, and we need to give, give Eid al-Aha what is just due. So we did the event, the second Eid with temperature checks, with masks, with all this stuff. And I, I, I have to preface this because it's the little things that, not, that aren't so little, but that really make a difference. So I rented out a nice venue for the event and was doing the numbers, was gonna charge vendors, I don't even remember, might have been 100, 150, something like that. I was charging vendors to vend at this event. The pandemic happens, everybody's scared to go outside. Everybody's, I don't know if I wanna do it. People don't wanna travel. It was a lot. I said, I'm gonna make vending free because I believed in the event so much. I believed in the brand so much that I was like, I'll eat that and make vending free. I ended up kind of, I opened it up a little bit, but I hand selected all of the vendors that were there. Humdi Lad, they are amazing. Shout out to y'all, cause y'all came in the pandemic. Some of y'all did come from far. Y'all showed up and it was a beautiful event. I'm gonna insert some pictures or some stuff about the event. So I used that as an introduction to what I wanted the store to be. Still, it's a far away thing. This is not, I'm just introing what I want the store to be. This is just eat. So I go back, the, 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 the event was, was great, it was beautiful, alhamdulillah. Um, Something that we haven't really seen before here, especially during a time when nobody was doing events. So 
fast forward a little bit more, that's, that's Eid, Eid al-Aha 2020. Ramadan comes around again, 2021. I said, I gotta do something either on that same level or better. So every Ram, until this day, every Ramadan, I try to outdo myself. <laughs> Why? I just do. So I said, well, all right, are we going to do another event? And a lot of vendors are like, hey, you doing another, are we doing another Uma Shop event? Are y'all, what y'all doing? Y'all should do it, another event. I said, well, this Ramadan, it's still, people, it's people still a little hesitant about going outside, but then there's people who's ready, they ready to go outside. They ready to be out. They ready to see people. And I said, well, I gotta go, I gotta go bigger. What we gonna do? I said, well, let's, how about we do my crazy self? How about we do a pop-up shop every weekend during Ramadan. That way, people can sh- the early people can shop early Ramadan, the last-minute people, and we, and we just do different vendors every weekend. Let's see if we can find a space that'll let us do this every weekend. Okay? I start looking for spaces. Unfortunately, a lot, of, a lot of retail stores have closed during COVID. They couldn't survive. There's tons of space open for retail. A lot of the big box stores couldn't survive. A lot of local shops closed down and never reopened. So I said, well, there's so many spaces available. Surely we could find somebody that's willing to rent out a space for us on a weekend. Couldn't find it. Couldn't find a ready-made space for us to do these. And if you went to the event or if you see pictures of the event, I like doing things in an elevated way. I like creating an experience where things feel fun, clean, modern, just an elevated, something elevated than what we've seen before possibly. So I couldn't just get any space. So I'm looking for spaces. I go from every weekend to now calling places and saying, can I run out your store for a month? Can I do a pop-up, a month-long pop-up shop? And can I, you know, I, I still have this vision. I still have, okay, I'm going to do these vendors. I'm going to do these. I'm going to reach out to this person. I'm, we're going to have everything. We're going to have a bias. We're going to have those. We're going to have Ramadan decorations. We're going to have cards. We're going to have books. We're going to have everything you might need during Ramadan. And it's going to be in one place. We're going to have all these brands. It's going to be fly, right? Calling places, calling going to see places, can I get this place for a month, can I get that place for a month? No, 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 no. Or places just weren't ready to do that. They didn't have the, the setup or it would cost too much to do construction or to, to, to set things up. Hey guys, it's Sharima 
founder and CEO of the Umma Shop. We are a curated department store for Muslim-owned brands, and we're located in our King of Prussia Mall location. It's taken me six years to open up my first retail store. Six years of research, of working on it myself, of trying to figure out how I can make this work, and I want to teach it to you. So I wrote an ebook. Click the link somewhere down here, and you'll have access to everything that I've done from beginning to end. How I launched, how I found a location, marketing, how to find funding for your first retail store. You can learn about it right here, and I'm so excited to teach you about it. I, at the time, during the pandemic, I was working full-time also, one of the only people who were still working full-time during the pandemic, because I worked in the healthcare industry doing accounting. So I worked down the street from the mall, from King Pressure Mall. And I would drive past the mall every day. I said, well, let me call the mall. I called the mall. And I said, hey, can I get, I had this idea, I had this Uma shop, I did this event. Like, I created a concept, called the mall, pitched this concept to them. Initially, I said, I asked for a kiosk. I said, could I do a kiosk? Can I kind of, and I said, well, if I have a kiosk, I could kind of rotate different brands in and out, do something week by week. I'm trying to figure this thing out. And in no way, shape, or form did I ever think that I could afford a store. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about that in a second. So I asked for this kiosk. And the leasing manager says, well, for, you, for what you want to do, it sounds like you need a store. I, I'm like, yeah, but a store is too much. Too much money, too much responsibility. Like, I, I don't know if I'm ready for a store. Mind you, I've had this idea for a store for years, 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 years not thinking that it could ever happen. Here I am on the phone and she's like, yeah, I think I could, I think you need a store. So I, in the course of this, I'm thinking there's no way, but Ramadan quickly approaching, this is also January, 2021. Ramadan's quickly approaching, and I'm like, I got to have something. I got to have something. The Oma shop has to show up. It has to be present while people are ready to go outside and shop. We got to do something for Ramadan. So I'm like, whatever. This is King of Prussia Mall, the second largest mall in the country. There's uh, over 400 stores in this mall. If they offer me a closet, I'm coming up. So the day she, I, I, the leasing manager 
she said, look, look, I think we got a space. The day before she says this, I'll come to the mall because you have to visualize. I, I'm a visual, I, we all, mostly all visual people. You got to visualize your dream and you got to put it in perspective. So I came to the mall after work and I walked the mall. I walked upstairs, downstairs. Uh, if you know King Impression Mall, it's really two malls connected by a connector with stores. I walked one side of the mall, the, mall, the side of the mall that we're on currently. There were 15 empty stores. So I said, well, if there's 15 empty stores, they could be, I mean, they could, I, they clearly have space. So space isn't an issue. And the next day she said, well, come see this, come see this store. I said, I, I went on my lunch break because I worked down the street. I went, came over here on my lunch break, sat in the car and prayed. And I just said, Allah, if this is for me, let this work out. If this is not for me, don't let it work out. Keep it away from me. Wallahi, wallahi, I have had, I've had pictures. I might insert some of the pictures that I had of just trying to visualize what I wanted the store to look like and prior to this all becoming a reality. I walked through the door and if you've ever been to the Oma shop, it looks like this. So the, I walked through the door I did nothing to this space besides put clothes on hangers and hang them up. This looked identical to pictures that I've had of what I wanted a store to look like before I thought this was a reality. Identical, like I wanted a white space, I wanted clean lines, I wanted, I actually wanted white with like gold trimmings. If you've been to this, this is what the store is and what it looks like. Couldn't believe it. I was in awe. And I said, Allah just is putting things in motion. So I open, we going, sir, 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 open up, do a pop-up shop, month-long pop-up shop. It went amazing. Amazing. The support, the day we opened, the line was wrapped around the store for hours. I did, I stayed up all night getting the store together and y'all showed up and showed out. So thank y'all for, for all the support that if you came out the first day, if you came out any of that month during Ramadan, thank you everybody for sharing it and telling a friend and telling a friend and telling you know, everybody about the store. Um, so alhamdulillah, most of y'all know the story after this, but we did so well that month that we ended up staying. And alhamdulillah, it's been a year and about four months since we've been here. A lot of what got me through this journey was 
and, and I'm gonna go into a little bit of detail on getting myself prepared to be here when I when this this the store idea seems so far fetched and seems so far away, I was still preparing for it. So you have to I think for anybody that has a dream or anybody that, that is working towards something, you have to, in your heart and in your mind, believe that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So I have to get myself ready for it to happen. It can happen five years from now, 10 years from now. I have to get myself ready for it to happen. So in the course of me working as an accountant, this I keep keep envisioning the store. I said, well, I should probably learn more about retail if I'm going to open a store. I took up a part-time job at J. Crew in King of Prussia Mall, and I said, well, I'm gonna learn retail. So I'm gonna work at a store that I shop at and that I wanted a discount at, and I'm gonna learn everything I could learn while I work in the mall. And I did, and I wanted to see if I liked it because you can have a great business idea and not like the work that's involved in it. So I said, let me see if I, I haven't worked in retail since I was 16, let me see if I actually like it. So I worked there up until the pandemic shut the mall down. So I worked there for about a year and a half before the mall shut down. I learned how to do everything I could. I took inventory. I was probably top cashier. I did, I did the sales floor. I did um, merchandising. I would volunteer to do all these things because I was like, let me learn from people that do this. Like, let me see, I learned from some, uh, if anybody's watching from J. Crew, shout out to y'all. But I would watch some of the top salespeople, watch how they sell. I would gauge consumer behavior. I would see when somebody walks in the store, when do you approach them and when do you start talking to them? I would see if somebody's on the fence about buying something, how do you get them off the fence, whether it's on either side? How do you upsell? How do you be yourself? Nobody really likes to be sold to. So like one of the keys to selling to people is relatability. Just be yourself. So I talk to people. I'm, I, if, if, you know, shout out to my customers. Y'all are family. Like we come in and we'll talk about everything. And I don't, if you don't like the dress, don't buy the dress. I learned all this stuff while I was working there. And when I was working, I was still, I would be like, yeah, because I want to open up this store. And they'd be like, okay. <laughs> so in this time I'm doing that, another thing that I also did in preparation, and this is key to anybody that wants to start a business, I worked full time 
And in the midst of, and during the pandemic, I got a promotion. I got a promotion, started making more money. I took that money, put it all aside. I said, I'm not even going, I'm going to pretend like I didn't get a promotion and put all this money to the side. Saved it every two weeks. This percentage of my check was going in a whole different account at a bank that I wasn't, wasn't really convenient with a bank that I couldn't go to the ATM and just take money out of. Those type of preparations and sacrifices are what you really do to prepare yourself, in addition to education, in addition to getting around the right people, all that kind of stuff. So those are some key things. If you're like wanting to, not just a store, but if you want to do something full time, you got to put yourself in the position to get there. So here we are a year and a half later, almost a year and a half later, Humday left. In the journey of the store, I wanted to open up the store for one reason, to fill a need, to, to show up, to, to have a place to shop all these different Muslim brands. I had no idea that we would become the safe space that the Oma shop is. Like, People come here, you could come here to pray, you could come here, uh, we, you could come here to just talk. You could just talk, come here to be yourself. We, it's not that many spaces where we could come, especially in a mall, and just, yeah, I'm Muslim. And we could talk and we could have, we could, I've had deep conversations in the store. Uh, I've given shahadas in the store, I've talked to plenty of people, non-Muslims, who have questions about Islam. And it's allowed me to connect with the Ummah, but the Ummah to connect with each other in this space. And the reason I wanted to start Ummah Unplugged podcast is to further that connection and to, to tell people stories so it inspires the next generation, so it inspires somebody who is in the position that I was in in 2016, 2017. So somebody who is in college can say, oh, this is just a part of the journey. So, so often a lot of you know, young adults want something quick, want something fast, want, want to feel like I know what I'm doing. And it's okay to not. It's okay to, to try things, figure things out. It's okay to, to be yourself. So many of us shy away from being Muslim. So many of us shy away from being who we are. You can be cool. You could be fun. You could be fashionable. You could be funny. You could be all these things and be Muslim. Like, it, it's not a hindrance on you. We're, we're Muslim, we, we live on, in a country that is, does not practice our beliefs, and we gotta stick together. We have to, to be there for each other. 
Uh, I find that extremely important as a millennial, as somebody who has kids, and we're all navigating through this life and through this dunya. So we gotta connect, we gotta be there for each other, and we, we gotta be a ummah. We gotta be a representation of what the ummah actually is. So that's my story. And this is the Uma Unplugged podcast. I can't wait to continue this journey with my Uma, with my people. I love y'all. Y'all are the best. So stay tuned for more. We have more interviews. We have more episodes. Y'all will continue to learn more about me in this journey. And I'm on this journey with you. So you can always reach out to me at the Uma shop on Instagram at Uma Unplugged Podcast on Instagram, and come shop with us in store, shop with us online, theumashop.com, and I'll see you in the next episode. Assalamu alaikum.